0: Well, I have to be honest with you, I'm a bit trembling to be able to share what I'm going to share. Um, I've got a lot of growing to do. And the older I get, the more growing I realize I need. Before, I think I was just blind and ignorant to my ignorance and lack of awareness of where the real issues in life are at. But I'm grateful that God is gracious to us and keeps building us up in the most holy faith if we're willing to stay in the process. Jesus says in John 8, 31 and 32, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciple indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's a process. But anyway, um, what I want to do in these two short sessions is, first of all, uh, this first one, just to actually share with you, to to actually build a case for what I believe to be the most important reason for preparing for the time of trouble, Christ's return, before the crisis. And then the second session this afternoon will actually be looking at the how-to and the major ingredient that is missing in most of the preparation people are making as Christians. So with that, um, we're going to get started. I'm going to share and move quite rapidly, because I'm hoping that uh, there will be a little bit room, a little bit of room, uh, before we stop, uh, hopefully for questions. All right, So here we go. The major event that Christ is earnestly calling us to prepare for. Just again to refresh our memory with what we're facing. Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Alas, that day is great, so none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he should be saved out of it. I love that. He shall be saved out of it, if I'm a Jacob. Jacob. And there should be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to the same time. And at that time, again, thy people shall be delivered. I want to be one of thy people. Amen. I just really do. Um, Here's the great controversy. 622. The time of trouble such as never was is soon to open before us. It is often the case that trouble is greater in anticipation than in reality. But this is not true of the crises before us. The most vivid presentation cannot reach the magnitude of the ordeal. In that time of trial, every soul must stand for himself before God. And in that time of trial, I wanna be standing myself before God in a healthy place. Amen. This is so important, so vital. Yet even in this challenging scenario, the Lord encourages us, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Again, I want to be held in God's righteous right hand, not just for a few moments now, but for the rest of eternity. Amen. Amen. Sure. Christian Service 136, there are stormy times before us, but let us not utter one word of unbelief or discouragement. Not one word. We have no need. We serve a mighty God, an awesome Savior, who is able to save us to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Amen? So here's the good news about this uh, time of trial and trouble that uh, is Lying on the horizon. First of all, Christ followers who are prepared will come out on the winning side. God is able to deliver. Amen? Amen. And number two, I love it. It is the last trial the people of God will ever have to experience for the rest of eternity. Praise the Lord. Amen? Now, here's the statement that gives us a little insight that I think is extremely valuable, particularly when you see the physiological direction we're going with this. Christians should be preparing for what is soon to break upon the world as what kind of a surprise? An overwhelming surprise. And this preparation they should make by diligently studying the word of God and striving to conform their lives to its precepts. The tremendous issues of eternity demand of us something besides an imaginary religion. And I, I'm so grateful. I've played with imaginary things all my life. And it's neat to have something solid, unmovable, and eternal to hang on to. What do you say? Amen. Amen. Here's Christ's promise. Revelation 3:10 and 11. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Isn't that neat? Well, the big why. Why must preparation for this extreme trial of our faith be experienced now as we gently move into some physiological stuff here? Great controversy, here's a reason from uh, the great controversy, a reason why we want to prepare now. Those who delay a preparation for the day of God cannot obtain it in the time of trouble or any subsequent time. The case of all such is hopeless. That's kind of a scary statement. But in reality, what God is doing is he's calling us higher up, saying, hey, I'm giving you time now, let's, let's do something about it. Um, That's what this is all about. Great Controversy 620. So let's look at the core ingredients involved in a victorious preparation experience for this time of trouble. And of course, Christ's soon return. Human nature is three-dimensional. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. I pray God your whole spirit. Mental, soul, this is, uh, you'll see here in a moment, is the spiritual dimension, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that closely and tell me, according to that, when does God want to preserve us blameless, before or after his coming? Before his coming. Praise the Lord. The nature of man... Fundamentals of Education, 57. The nature of man is threefold. The training enjoined by Solomon comprehends the right development of physical, intellectual, and moral powers. Now we're going to just look at another statement that uh, really kind of puts it together. Notice the parallels here. I've got them in color. Since the mind and the soul, the soul is a spiritual agent. You'll see that in a minute. Find expression through the body, both mental and spiritual vigor are in a great degree dependent upon physical strength and activity. Notice all three dimensions there, connected. They're intimately connected. Whatever promotes physical health promotes the development of a strong mind, there's the mental, and a well-balanced character, there's the spiritual. This is very interesting. Very, education, page 95. And here, of course, I just, just so that you didn't think I was a heretic by saying the soul was a spiritual agent, when it comes to actually human nature, um, one statement in all of inspiration, that's it. But the law requires that the soul itself, the spiritual agent, so when it comes to mental health, And stuff, we're looking at the soul as being the spiritual agent. Be pure and the mind holy, that's the mental. That all the thoughts and feelings shall be in accordance with the law of love and righteousness. I just stuck that in because I I wanted to make sure you didn't think I was a heretic. All right, we're good. Now, I want to give you a little secular mental health research. Some of the discoveries now that are not even recent anymore, they've known this for quite a while, but they really pertain to us preparing for Christ's return. Extremely important. Um, Dr. David Burns from his famous book called Feeling Good. Most of you have probably seen this book or read it, but he's right on, very biblical. Your feelings are created by your thoughts and not the actual events. All experiences perk up All experiences must be processed through your brain and given a conscious meaning before you experience any emotional response. Beloved, what God wants us to teach us is to stay faithful to Him when to all outward appearances, it looks like everything's against us and all is lost. This is very, very important. Another one from Dr. Daniel Amon from the book Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. When you just think a negative thought without challenging it, your mind believes it and your body reacts to it. Notice the intimate connection there. I just think a negative thought. And your mind believes it, your body reacts to it. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, in the, in the uh, uh, picture of God's character of love there, it's very interesting. In verse 5, it says... Love thinks no evil. This is very interesting, the original design, our brain was never designed to think an evil thought. And of course, uh, this is now, science is validating that. How far can this harvest of feelings take a person? Um, Dr. S.I. McMillan in his book, None of These Diseases, right in the preference, shares something um, very, very contemporary peace does not come in capsules. This is regrettable because medical science recognizes that emotions such as fear, sorrow, envy, resentment, and hatred are responsible for the majority of our sicknesses. Estimates vary from 60% to nearly 100%. Actually, um, Blue Cross Blue Shield statistics here from a A few years ago, they were saying 87 to 92% of all physician office visits are for stress-related ailments. And of course, it all starts here, the way I'm viewing things. So recognizing this, this is very important. Now watch what he says after this. Emotional stresses can cause high blood pressure, toxic goiter, migraine headaches, arthritis, heart trouble, gastrointestinal ulcers and other serious diseases too numerous to mention. And watch what he finishes it with. As physicians, we can prescribe medicine for the symptoms of these diseases, but we cannot do much for the underlying cause, emotional turmoil. Now please understand, where's the emotional turmoil coming from, from what we've just learned? from what I'm thinking about the circumstances I'm facing. Whoa. Uh, Dr. Amen now, another statement, because I think this is valid. It's It's very spiritual, actually. Every time you have an angry thought, an unkind thought, a sad thought, or a cranky thought, your brain releases chemicals that make your body feel bad. Through the HPA axes, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axes, um, your thoughts directly affect every cell in your body. Now, what's so interesting, and the good news is this, every time you have a good thought, a happy thought, a hopeful thought or a kind thought, your brain releases chemicals that make your body feel good. Awesome. Praise God. You've probably heard this one before. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit. This is the uh, New Living Translation. A cheerful heart does good, is good medicine. Excuse me, my typo there. But a broken spirit, broken mind saps a person's strength. And it's, it's being validated all over. There's just a lot of research showing that now. All right, so here are the three dimensions. We're going to move now into how this applies to actually preparation. First of all, when we talk about spiritual, we are talking about relationship with God. Healthy, unhealthy, um, it's still the moral dimension of our nature. Our convictions about what is right or wrong actually determines my mental viewpoints, the way I perceive things, how I think and feel about life experiences. And that determines my physical responses, how I cope with life, how I deal with circumstances that I'm um, confronted with, which affects the health of my brain function. I want you to see this. I'm gonna give you the cycle in a moment. I want to share what Dr. Nedley says in his book, Proof Proof Positive. Most of you are aware of the book, but he says they're the main causes of compromised frontal lobe function are improper lifestyle habits. Now, uh, you understand the frontal lobe. Um, It's the heart of the mind. If you took a Strong's Concordance and looked up every place in the Bible where the word heart is used, you'd discover something interesting. It's actually talking about the frontal lobe where your power of choice is located, your conscience is located, your intellect, your ability to process information, your judgment, right there behind the eyes. Here's the cycle of life. Everybody's in it. You can start at any one of these spots, anywhere, and it moves to the next. The cycle is there. So let me just start today with health. The health of my spiritual experience with God actually determines the health of my moral values, the health of of my understanding of what's right and what's wrong. That actually determines, the health of my moral values actually determines the health of my mental perceptions, the way I think and feel about life circumstances. This here actually stimulates and produces and develops the way I respond to life circumstances including the care of my body, my food choices, exercise habits, sleep habits, relationships with other people directly affects, and of course the health of this lifestyle directly affects the health of my brain function Now, you can go back and forth any direction you want to, but these are all interrelated. You cannot separate them. It is a cycle of life that everyone is in, one way or the other. Now, watch this close. I'll give you an example just in a minute. When a person is confronted with any situation in life, the way he thinks about that situation, there's his mental viewpoint will be based upon what he believes to be right or wrong about that type of situation. That's my spiritual moral convictions, which will directly affect my physical responses to that circumstance and also the way I cope, the way I I take care of my own body, the way I treat other people. Are you following? Let me give you an example. Um, We have Wally World's, Walmart's up in our area. I don't know if you have them down here but uh, very, very famous. I'm walking through the checkout line at Walmart, waiting for my turn to pay for the items that I have, and I glance across the aisle, and I see a young man in the next aisle just quietly looking around like this, quietly slip an article from the display case, stick it in his pocket, and I see it. Now, this is hypothetical. I have strong moral values from God's word, so... But hypothetically, I think stealing's okay. I've done it myself, and uh, that's my habit. Stealing's okay, okay? I look at that circumstance, I see the circumstance, I see him slipping something into his pocket, I know exactly what he's doing. So I see the circumstance, I think about it based upon my moral values. My moral values are pretty bad and I think stealing's okay. And so my response to the young man stealing. Good job. Good job young man. Walmart needs to die. Are you following? Now let's same scenario high moral values Christian in love with Christ. All right? I see the same circumstance. I process it, my moral values, I think about it through my moral values, which I believe stealing is very devastating, not only for that young man, but for Walmart. And my response is totally different. Now my response is, young man, um, are you gonna pay for that or? uh, you're gonna try to walk out. He says, I think I'm gonna walk out. I said, well, you go ahead because you'll probably have the police out in the parking lot. I've just made a call on my cell phone. Are you following? My response is totally different. Based upon the way I thought about it, Mm -hmm. which is based upon my moral values, what I believe is right and wrong. Does that make sense? Okay. Very good. Depending on a person's daily choices this three-dimensional life cycle that we've just seen can become extremely vicious and damaging or it can become very victorious and very healing and very sealing if I can use the term. Here's the unhealthy cycle. Unhealthy spiritual life produces unhealthy perceptions produces unwholesome lifestyle, produces unhealthy brain function, because I'm certainly not going to care for my body if, <laughs> if this stuff isn't. In fact, I can tell you from my experience before I became a Christian, I wish I could take about eight years of my life back. I'd probably be in better shape today because of that. But reality is unhealthy brain function then promotes more unhealthy experience, Produces more unhealthy thoughts, more unhealthy wholesome lives, out, and it's like this, and there's a vicious cycle. I'm sorry, I've got to at least put this before you before we get to the healing spot. Unhealthy moral convictions encourage unhealthy perceptions of life, which encourages unhealthy responses, physical responses to life, including the care of my body, which promotes unhealthy brain function, which leads to more unhealthy perception and response, more unhealthy brain function, encouraging three-dimensional weakness and disease. There it is. Got it, everybody? This is very important. Because this spiritual, mental, physical cycle of life is what produces the habits of character by which a person responds to every circumstance he faces. And here's the victorious life cycle. As my experience with Christ grows, my perceptions of life change. They become more Christ-like, more wholesome which then changes my responses to life circumstances. I can tell you, (laughs) anybody, and we've all experienced it, as I understand different things about God, new things about him, it really changes the way I view people and events, right? Sure it does, wow. And of course, that improves brain function. As As I realize my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in me, this is not my own. I'm bought with a price. Wow! And I start learning more about my health. And of course, as I practice that, it improves my brain function. It promotes healing, which promotes this. I feel better about my relationship with God. I feel better about life. And and this here just is victorious and it's healing. Praise God. And here it is in another blob of color. (laughs) Healthy relationship with Christ encourages healthy perceptions, encourages healthy responses, which results in healthy brain function, which encourages peace instead of turmoil, happiness instead of sadness, confidence and courage instead of anxiety and fear. Anticipation and optimism instead of depression. Whatever our age or condition, this habit forming cycle will promote healing and hope. And I say, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I mean, what an awesome thing to actually discover this cycle of life and know that I can actually do something about the circumstances I'm facing that will directly affect all three dimensions of my nature. And again, best of all, this healing cycle of living is producing victorious three dimensional habits of response to the unknown difficulties that lie ahead for God's people. You gotta see this. Watch this close now. Never forget that thoughts work out actions, repeated actions form habits, and habits form character. Upward Look, page 89. Desire of Ages 382, day by day God instructs his children by the circumstances of the daily life he is preparing them to act their part upon that wider stage to which his providence has appointed them. It is the issue of which test, everyone? The issue of daily test that determines their victory or defeat in life's great crises. Ministry of Healing, 490. I'm really nailing this, I hope you don't mind. This is so vital. <coughs> Only by acting upon principle in the tests of what life? Amen. Daily life. Can we acquire power to stand firm and faithful in the most dangerous and most difficult positions? All right. I'm almost done, by the way, because I want to have some room to talk about this. I want you to see the physiological reason why the habits of response we form now are so vital to our preparation for the overwhelming surprise that lies ahead. This is from Dr. Howard Pierce's research in the Owner's Manual for the Brain. When we become emotionally charged, as in the fight or flight response, the reticular activating system between your frontal lobe. There's just a, it's, uh, I forget the name of the brain part, but anyway, they, it's a switching system that turns the thinking brain on and off and switches the animal brain or the lower brain stem on or off. It's the switching. But when you are emo- emotionally charged, i.e., when a surprise takes you The RAS shuts down the cerebral cortex, or learning brain. For all practical purposes, when the cortex is shut down, we proceed on automatic pilot, where instinct and training take over. In other words, the body's stress response to a sudden (laughs) unexpected threat. Christians should be preparing for what is soon to break upon the world as an overwhelming what? Surprise. Surprise. The body's stress response to a sudden unexpected threat, shuts down the administrative activities of the frontal lobe as the limbic system responds to the surprise threat from habits that have been formed in previous responses to daily circumstances of life wow, in those moments of extreme trial, a person is no longer able to hide the real condition of his heart. You'll see that this afternoon. This gives us a little insight into what Christ meant when he tells us, but there's nothing covered up that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. Luke 12, 2. Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, page 60. The season of temptation under which it may be one falls into grievous sin does not create the evil that is revealed, but only develops or makes manifest that which was hidden and latent in the heart. And I'm going, Lord, help me now. In every circumstance I face to practice the mind of Christ, to practice the responses of Jesus, it's vital. Peter's experience, just as an example, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, that was the hour of, the surprising hour of trial for the disciples of Jesus' day, amen? Jesus said unto them, he told them, he told his disciples, all you shall be offended because of me this night. For it's written, I'll smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered but after that I'm risen, I'll go before you into Galilee. I'm so grateful, he's always encouraging. Hey, hey, come on, we're going to come out on the other side and I'm going to meet you there. Amen. But Peter said to him, <laughs> although, although all shall be, I would have loved to see Peter. I would have just loved to see his. i just see him. Although everybody's going to be offended, not me, no way. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto you that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spoke the more vehemently. Peter spoke even stronger. Can you just see it? Just, If I should die with you, I will not deny you in any wise. Likewise said all the disciples. Whoa. Here's what Desire of Ages says about Peter's experience. When Peter said he would follow his Lord to prison and to death, he meant it, every word of it, but he did not know himself. Hidden in his heart were elements of evil that circumstances would fan into life. Unless he was made conscious of his danger, these would prove his eternal ruin. The Savior saw in him a self-love and assurance that would overbear even his love for Christ. You know, Jesus Jesus is so incredibly gentle. I'm going to stop here just for a moment because I'm almost done, but let me ask you a question. Um, Jesus made Peter aware. He told Peter, he said, "Um, Peter, you're going to deny me when that cock crows a couple of times. You're going to deny me three times. He was letting Peter know, hey, Peter, there's some growing up to do here. Come on. How is it that God actually does that for us? On a daily basis, how is it? I I want you to be aware of this. Here's how he does it. Circumstances that come up on a daily basis. Listen close now. Your response to those circumstances... actually is revealing. If your response is unhealthy, to, you know, your your wife says, honey, I'd like for you to do the dishes because I've got something I need to do. And all of a sudden, in your heart, I've got something to do too. Oh, on the outside, you're nice, cool, and calm, and collected. Oh, sure, honey. But in your heart. Are you following? Your heart response is actually Jesus is doing the same thing for you and for me as he did for Peter. He's actually making me aware (laughs) of actually what needs growing up in my experience. Make sense, everyone? Sure. Okay. And the rest of the story, of course, when when Judas and the crowd came to take (laughs) Jesus, reality is... um, When they took Jesus, all the disciples forsook him and fled. They all left. No wonder Jesus told us in Luke 16, 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much. I think he was going way deeper than just... um, Outward responses. Heavenly Places 226. It is the little things of life that develop the spirit and determine the character. Those who neglect the little things will not be prepared to endure severe tests when they are brought to bear upon them. Remember that the character building is not finished till life ends. It's not finished. I'm aging. I guess we all are looking forward to an eternal body and mind, looking forward to it. But reality is, as long as we're alive, um, every day is an opportunity to grow more like Jesus. Amen? Amen. How important, I'm going to bring this to a close now, how important is this heart preparation? Jesus told a parable about the, the builders. One built his house on the rock, right? One built his house on the sand, right? Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto him to a wise man which built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came. I'm kind of thinking he's talking here about the time of trouble. I don't know what you think, but. The floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not. It was founded upon a rock. I say, praise the Lord, we can build on a rock. Point being is this, preparation for trouble must happen previous to its commencement. Healthy habits of perception and response to difficult life circumstances. Difficult circumstances are formed previous to the trial. By consistent practice in the daily circumstances God allows us to experience. What do you think? Because when the overwhelming surprise hits, this thing, this thing, and this thing doesn't make choices, it just responds according to habit. Only by acting upon principle in the tests of daily life can we acquire power to stand firm and faithful in the most dangerous and most difficult positions. Praise the Lord. Now's the time. Amen? Now's the time. Okay, great news. By God's grace and our loving, faith-filled cooperation with his spirit, we can learn Christ's victorious and healing habits of response to daily experiences of life. Amen, good news. Review and Herald, April 25, 1899. It is by learning the habits of Christ that self becomes transformed. By taking his yoke and then submitting to learn. Awesome. Daily, through healing Christ-like choices of perspective and response, we can turn a vicious cycle of life into a fear-destroying, victorious cycle of healthy Christ-like preparation, not only for future trouble, but also for eternity. By the way, what do we take into eternity? Anybody tell me? What's the only thing? And what makes up our character? habits. And when we are forming Christ-like habits, Christ-like ways of viewing the circumstances of daily life, when we are practicing walking in Jesus' footsteps, we are actually forming, physiologically, we are forming habits that we can take with us into eternity. And I say, praise God. Amen. Amen? There it is healing, knowledgeable love relationship with Christ through his word, develops healthy perceptions about life's circumstances, wholesome Christ-like thoughts, which then just enhances my lifestyle with godly responses, healthy care of the body and mind, which then enhances my brain function, healthier brain function, which then enhances my love relationship with Jesus. Amen.